0: Hello and welcome to My Favourite Work of Art, with me, Dr Laura-Jane Foley. Each week, I'm joined in the studio by a guest who tells me all about an artwork that means something to them. Today, my guest is Belle Mooney, a writer and broadcaster. Belle is one of Britain's most successful journalists, and during her long career has written for publications as diverse as Cosmopolitan, The Daily Mirror, The Sunday Times and The Daily Mail. She's also the author of over 25 books, including six novels and a highly successful series of children's books. As well as writing, Belle has enjoyed a parallel career as a broadcast journalist, making many programmes for radio and television. Since 2005, she has been an advice columnist, first in the Times and currently in the Daily Mail. Belle is also a patron of Relate, the UK's largest provider of relationship support. I'm delighted she's joining me today. Welcome, Belle. It's nice to be here. So tell me, what is your favourite work of art? Well, I could have
1: chosen many because I have a passion for art and the history of art. But the thing, when you invited me, the first painting that came into my head was a painting I saw as a child in Liverpool. It's by uh, Murillo and it's called A Virgin and Child in, in Glory. He did lots of virgin and childs, but this one I saw when I was... Probably 11 years
0: old, and it made a huge impression on me. And just for our listeners, um, let's describe the painting. It's uh, a, a beautiful painting of, of the Virgin Mary holding aloft her, her fair haired uh, baby, uh, surrounded by clouds and a host of cherubs.
1: Little putty, yes. Yes,
0: um, and, and, and beautiful, in a, in a golden, sort of emerging from a golden heaven.
1: Yes, and it's very large. it should be said, because I'm holding the postcard in my hand, which I've had for many, many years. It's a battered little postcard which shows how much I like the work and it's very, very big. I would imagine that the Virgin is life size in in the original it's it is huge right um and yes, there's a sort of golden sky and lots of little and clouds it's 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 a it's a golden, cloudy heaven. And it's very beautiful, but for many people, it would be much too saccharine. Yes. It would not be their taste. Yes. And in fact, Murillo had a very bad press. He, he fell out of favour. Mm. Because, because he was in his lifetime incredibly popular and he, successful. He was indeed. And of course, his secular works, his paintings of ordinary people, especially children, peasant children, are absolutely magnificent. Um and so I think he's had a bad press mm. because we are in a secular age, and you know, this kind of work is is it's
0: just fallen out of mm. favor. It is highly sentimental, but I think uh, it, the, re- the reason why probably he chose that style was he was trying to stress the sort of human element of of religious stories and the and Bible stories and trying to make it relatable to the people viewing it, which of course is a is a very important skill to have anyway.
1: I mean Absolutely, I, and the thing is, of course, we have to be practical and say, well, you know, the work was commissioned. All these works were commissioned by the church um, and by patrons who who wanted a, a religious work of art. It. So it's not really surprising that he did them. You know, painters have to live. That's why I write journalism. You know, it's it's it's. it's I'm sure he had a profound faith himself. He actually had 11 children, um, many of whom uh, died uh, as as children. And, um, you know, that's why his paintings of children are magnificent. And this little baby, uh, the baby Jesus here, is an absolutely adorable child. And, you know, I like to think it perhaps looked like one of his.
0: Yes, yes, no, absolutely beautiful. So what was it as an 11-year-old that drew you to this painting?
1: Well I've been thinking about it I stand in front of it for ages I used to we lived in a council flat in Liverpool and I think it was a more innocent age and I used to get the bus down to the centre of Liverpool and go to the Walker Art Gallery all by myself age 11 and walk around and there were various paintings I absolutely loved but I used to stand for ages in front of this one I think it was because Home life was sometimes tempestuous, without going into too many details. Um, it wasn't that peaceful. Mm. I was quite a, a loner as a child. Well, you were you an only child? Uh, no, I have a brother, had a brother. Uh, I was slightly bullied at school for wearing glasses and being clever, you know, because mm. it was a, you know inner city-state primary with 50 in the class. And I felt quite alone a lot of the time. And I'd go and contemplate this painting and it is for contemplation and feel that she understood me that i, I used to find her as so many people have done the sort of ideal mother
0: mm.
1: and a beautiful calming reassuring absolutely gaze absolutely calming absolutely reassuring and and the, the when you're looking at it You know, people say the Mona Lisa's eyes follow you around the room. Well, particularly the baby Jesus' eyes, they're looking straight at you. And I think as an 11-year-old girl, I found that tremendously consoling. Mm. And I went back and back. Summer holidays, we never went away. There wasn't that much to do. So I I found tremendous joy, solace, uplift, and entertainment in the Walker Art Gallery. And that's never left me. Mm. So that... For me, was life changing the experience of going to
0: the gallery, and art is still my passion. Was that something that was uh, encouraged by teachers at school or your family, or was it something that really was just yours that you found for yourself? It was just mine. It didn't. I don't know where it came from. If I was absolutely
1: back to the walls, said, where did it come from? I do not know. I did love to paint and draw, and I, did, I was quite good at it, and I did art A level and right. got a grade A and everything. So I was, I was actually good at art later. Yes. And at that stage, my favourite present was a drawing book and some crayons. So, I mean, to, to go look at paintings by other people... Is logical to me now, but we didn't have our books at home. We didn't have any art. Books. What about prints on the wall or? No, 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 not at all. Nothing. <laughs> so I, I really don't know where it came from, and I don't know who first took me there. I have no recollection of, but somebody must have done for me to know it was there. Mm. I really don't know. I did go to the library, mind you. I was a complete because I'm, I was a tremendously geeky child. <laughs> Absolute bookworm. So it, I possibly saw, you know, A ch- Child's Guide to Art or something yeah. in the library. I don't remember. And what did you have a religious upbringing? Because it's a deeply religious painting. No, I did not have a religious upbringing at all. Um, my grandmother, my nan, um, used to sometimes take me to the congregational church. And I, I liked going there. But no, my parents weren't religious. Um, and... It's interesting, though, because as I've got older, uh, religion has become more important to me. Now, when I was 17, I got a Pelican book, Turquoise, which was Comparative Religion. Mm. 1963, I bought that. And I read about Islam, I read about uh, Buddhism, I read about also, because I've always been interested in faith. And... When Prince Charles said he wanted to be defender of the faiths, I got that. I thought that was a very good and inclusive thing to say. But now in my life, Christianity is more important to me. And it's interesting because maybe it started with this picture. I I don't know. Mm. But as I get older, the culture of Christianity, as well as the message of Christianity, is very important to me. Mm. And the Christian culture which, of course, this is a part of, is the great 17th century Baroque paintings, Mm. this this one, of course, Spanish. You can't compare him with Velázquez, say, or others, but still, still, having immersed myself in the history of art through all these years, and my favourite painter is probably Giotto. I now understand why, and I think maybe... I was on some sort of spiritual journey then.
0: Yes. But how was I to know it at age 11? No. And how often did you see the painting? So you saw it a lot when you were at school. What about you went to university at eighteen, nineteen? Did you then come back to Liverpool often and see uh, no, the No, not so
1: much. I, I do. I go on every couple of years. I've still got relatives in Liverpool. Mm. And a few years ago, I, I revisited the Walker Art Gallery. I went to see her. Right. I went to see her. <laughs> of course, she was still there. and um, And I go to galleries all the time. I mean... When I leave here, I'm off to the Royal Academy. Um, you know, I can't live without looking at paintings. And, of course, in fact, I collect art as well. I mean, I've always bought paintings. And, and do you buy with a, a financial eye or is it about love? Ah, uh, my face. If, if <laughs> listeners can see, I'm, I'm screwing up my nose. The idea of those people who buy as investments... Frankly, I hold my nose. with the, I just don't get it at all. No, I buy things I love, and they give me huge pleasure. And I do have a small collection of sacred art. And I use it for contemplation and, hey, for sheer beauty. Yes. You know, and I, I it just, as I say, it means a lot to me. So, so, you know, in a way, you can look back over your life. And I'm 71 now, so... You know you you get to that stage where you are looking back, and you know, I can see that eleven year old girl staring up at the Virgin Mary in awe and peacefulness, all at once, a whole mixture of feelings. and And I'm st- still that little girl, really, and and i I still love to contemplate sacred art whilst listening to, say, plain song or some bark. And to me, there is no greater spiritual experience than that. I
0: don't really need to go to church because I can get it from that. Mm. You mentioned that you did A-level art. So at one stage, you were incredibly prolific, presumably, creatively. Do you still paint? Do you still draw? No. Not part
1: of your life? I um, I did when I was even at university, and I used to love to illustrate poetry and things, and I made books and things for people and paint little sort of boxes with poetry on them. I have to say that the late Seamus Heaney had one of my boxes, which was a Yeats box, you know, W.B. Yeats, yes. which was a great favourite one, and, and Seamus really treasured it. So it was, can you describe how it? It was, was a little, little round box. wooden box. It was for his 50th birthday, and it had a, a drawing of Koholin, the Great Celtic Warrior on the top, and it, I'm, I'm waving my fingers around. It had quotes from Yeats going all around it and some things inside, and yes. How beautiful. <laughs> and I, I used to do that a lot. And then something happened, and I have a cupboard full of art equipment, and I don't want to touch it. And do you know why? Because... I am not interested in being a bad artist. Yeah. Not when I can look at great art. And whatever, you know, I did it for love and I did it for therapy. I did it for relaxation when my children were young. And I don't need that anymore. I, I would rather read poetry and look at, look at my art or look at my art books. You know, I just, I lost it. I did actually two years ago go to a drawing class um, in, in Bath where I live. I hated it. I don't want to do it. <laughs> I looked at these pitiful drawings and I thought, nope. <laughs> but this summer I've signed up for a one day um, um, Delft tile painting day. So I'm going to paint a Delft tile and think of Vermeer. Uh, <laughs> 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 Lovely. So uh, creativity is still hugely part of your life. Yes, so. but you see, it's, I'm, when I was 18, I had to make the choice between English and art. And I had two strings to my bow. And my parents did not want me to study art. They wanted me to study English. Mm. In those days, you know, art schools were seen as dens of iniquity. Oh, absolutely. Uh, they probably yes. were. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you couldn't do an art, history of art degree, an art degree. And I was really more interested in history of art than painting, though I did paint. So I I I did an English degree and I read Beowulf and everything. And then it was, I was on that path I, I've you know I've no, never really wanted to get off it. Writing is my great love, and art is a kind of hobby, um, and that's enough for me. You know that's that's fine. I mean, how much time is? There? <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got great I've got grandchildren now, and oh, I, t- I took my granddaughter the other day to the Victoria Art Gallery in Bath, and I took her on a, she's five, on a little art trail. Oh, She She's looking at pictures yes. and explaining to her about
0: things, and she was so responsive, and I thought, so it goes. Yes, absolutely, and I wonder if she'll find a painting that she goes and stands in front of and returns 50, 60 years she later. She did find a painting she liked. It was her favourite in the gallery.
1: It's only a small gallery. It's not, you know, it's a local gallery, um, and it's by David Inshaw. and it was Ophelia. So it was obviously modern. It was David, and she said... Bibi, which is my name was Granny, which means it's Swahili for Granny. Bibi, why is that lady in the mud? And I said, darling, I think she's in the river.
0: (laughs) But I think she's going to be saved. (laughs) Lovely. Thanks so much for coming in, Val. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Today we were talking about Murillo's Virgin and Child in Glory, an altarpiece painted around 1673. Spanish Baroque painter Bartolomé Esteban Murillo was born in 1617 and died aged 64 in 1682. During his lifetime he was the leading painter in Seville and after his death he remained a highly popular and well-respected artist across Europe. However, his popularity declined in the mid-19th century as his work was viewed as overly pious and sentimental with its saccharine sweet images and soft focus. Murillo was at odds with the dark harsh realism of Spanish artists like Zurbarán and Goya. In recent years, however, Murillo has been the subject of several large-scale exhibitions and his work is being reconsidered and the quality of his draughtsmanship is being highlighted. Although Murillo painted a large number of paintings of everyday life, he is best known for his religious works. The painting we were discussing today was originally an altarpiece which was commissioned by the Archbishop of Seville for his private chapel in his Seville Palace. The painting is still on display at the Walker Art Gallery in Liverpool and was recently the subject of a major restoration project. If you would like to see the artwork we were discussing this week or carry on the conversation further, you can find me on Twitter, at Laura Jane Foley. And if you want to discuss the show, please use the hashtag, my favourite work of art. The show was recorded at Wise in London and was edited by Liam Clayton. The title music is Blue from Colours by Dimitri Scarlato. I hope you'll be able to join me next time. Goodbye. (laughs)